Welcome to Farm Credit Services of America and Frontier Farm Credits podcast, where our panel of experts take a deeper look at how to leverage crop insurance products to help you take less risk and ultimately feel more in control of the uncontrollable in agriculture. Welcome to our crop insurance podcast hosted by Farm Credit Services America and Frontier Farm Credit. I'm your host, Marshall Nelms. I've been with Crop Insurance and Farm Credit Services America the last 20 years, serving customers in Iowa and Nebraska. We're joined by our guest, Steve Johnson, who just recently retired with the Iowa State University Extension, where we've invited Steve to help us understand pre-harvest marketing and how that fits into your operation. Steve, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I spent uh, the past uh, 20 years as the Extension Farm Management Specialist in Central Iowa. And during that time, Marshall, I think I did over 500 growing on meetings uh, across Iowa and Nebraska, Eastern South Dakota, Eastern Kansas. But my specialty is crop marketing, crop insurance, and government farm programs. So uh, thanks for inviting me today. Yeah, Steve, we've, we've enjoyed all the years working together and all the great messages and information you brought to customers across all those states. So excited to have this opportunity to visit a little bit and share some more knowledge with our customers and, and teammates across the region. So um, Steve, we'll just kind of start out. So a lot of times I've heard over the years, uh, interactions with you, the most preferred crop insurance product that customers buy is typically the revenue protection policy. Um, sometimes it'll be referred to as just RP in short. So so by purchasing this product, what kind of producer leverage when it comes to their pre-harvest marketing? Yeah, I think RP has become very important. And I think most producers have gleaned the fact that if you can protect revenue, and revenue is defined as yield times price, if you can manage both the yield and the price simultaneously, there's a tremendous advantage that comes with revenue protection. So leaving the harvest price on, that's embedded within revenue protection coverage, but then it also allows a producer the opportunity to pre-harvest market, to sell in advance of harvest, and perhaps pick a tools, I call these delivery bushels, and leverage pre-harvest marketing with revenue protection, and it's because of how RP works. It's the higher of the spring projected price or the fall harvest price. Okay, so it sounds like you have two prices, a spring and the fall price. I was wondering, we have off and on when you're visiting with uh, producers when it comes to crop insurance, they mention a policy called yield protection. How does that yield protection policy different from revenue protection? Well, the yield policy product, uh, YP, again, protects yield initially but you have to have yield loss to trigger that indemnity payment. And, and again, in, in row crop agriculture, you might not have yield loss. You might have good yields on a particular farm that's covered by perhaps basic or optional or enterprise units, but then the price declines. So you've got to trigger yield loss first, and then you only collect at that spring projected price so the RP advantage is that it's guaranteeing a combination, the APH times the level of coverage, and then the higher of spring projected or harvest price. Would it with the yield protection policy, just having the one price that it's insuring the spring price, is it safe to market with yield protection? I think in general it is. I don't think I would 
want to be as aggressive in pre-harvest marketing, maybe 10, 20, 30% in my opinion, that you're selling ahead uh, those delivery bushels using YP. But if I'm using RP, uh, I'm leaving that harvest price embedded. I work with a lot of producers that are not afraid to sell 40, 50, 60, maybe 70% of their guaranteed bushels ahead, especially when we're above that spring projected price, because should you come up short of bushels or the harvest price is higher than the spring projected price, then you get a higher revenue guarantee. So farmers have figured that out. I'll take 75 or 80 or 85% RP. And then I feel very comfortable selling ahead those delivery bushels. So I think experience is key, but it starts with understanding how RP works. Thanks, Steve. You'd mentioned a couple of times about the spring and the harvest price. Would you mind just covering for our listeners when those are calculated, how that price comes to be? Sure. For uh, corn and soybeans, uh, those are the crops we're primarily talking about today. Uh, for crop insurance purposes, uh, the multi-parallel crop insurance that we're talking about today, both YP as well as RP, uses the simple average of futures prices during the month of February. That's why February is so important for determining uh, not only these spring projected prices, but also uh, those spring projected prices are used to determine the revenue guarantee and the premium. And so by the first few days of March, you know your premium, you know your revenue guarantee, you're making those final decisions regarding crop insurance. And then I think that's when I'm seeing a lot of farmers very focused on putting together a pre-harvest marketing plan. Um, and when we're above that spring projected prices, like we are this year, you know, we spent most uh, of March uh, into April above that 458 a bushel. That's that spring projected price for corn and 1187 a bushel for soybeans. So it's an exciting year when you know that we're, we already have futures prices at, at these levels. And I'm guaranteed uh, that 458 corn. I'm guaranteed the futures price. And so I don't even have to adjust for basis. So yeah, I think there's a tremendous opportunities of understanding uh, those spring projected prices. But don't forget when you leave the harvest price embedded, just like you typically do with RP, what if the harvest price is higher than the spring prices? And Marshall, I'm gonna use an example year. And mm -hmm. it's 2012, and I'm not saying we're gonna have a drought. I'm just saying it was a great year because we went into the spring with a 601 guarantee on corn. And so you knew that if you sold above 601, that you are at least above that spring projected price. Well, that was the drought year. It was the worst drought in 56 years. And we know the prices rallied, but they stopped rallying on August 10th and actually went down. So the highs were sitting in the summer months and by harvest, that harvest price was 750. So everybody got to multiply their APH times their level of coverage times 750 to calculate their revenue guarantee. And then don't forget revenue to count. You have to multiply your actual production times that harvest price. But we triggered large indemnity payments. And even farmers that sold ahead, as long as they didn't sell so aggressively, uh, maybe up to 50%, they triggered 
again, an indemnity claim, and that 750 made it up for the shortfall of bushels, even bushels that you couldn't deliver, that you had committed delivery bushels, you were collecting $7.50 a bushel. So 2012 is a great example of how you likely want to keep the harvest price on when you elect revenue protection. Yeah, I appreciate that, Steve. That's a very good example uh, walking through that. And that kind of just kind of brought up to me a little bit of a question I want to cover just a little bit more on back up to is a lot of times you'll hear producers talk about they kind of understand that the insurance policy gives them protection and you've talked about the pre-harvest marketing and making those marketing decisions can you walk through just a little bit how they're protected when it comes to a loss they're worried about what's going to happen at loss time if i'm short on bushels would you mind walking through a scenario or an example on that Sure, I'd be glad to. And again, we're going to focus on the delivery bushels because if you're using non-delivery types mm -hmm. of tools, then that's a whole different scenario. So when I say delivery bushels, I'm saying primarily using forward cash contracts and or hedge to arrive contracts. In other words, that producer is committing bushels to delivery. So again, let's walk through this. Uh, let's say uh, you've got a 200 bushel acre APH, uh, you're using an 80% coverage, you're guaranteed 160 bushel an acre, and you sell a 120 bushel an acre ahead, committed to delivery, delivery bushels. And, and then we get into some sort of a weather problem uh, on your farms, and that production isn't there. You've only got 100 bushel production, but you committed 120 bushel. There is where you want to understand that comfort level that you are still guaranteed revenue. And those 20 bushel that you can't deliver, okay, but you were guaranteed a set price, that set price is the higher of spring projected or harvest. So I think the concern is just like 2012, what happens when I don't produce the bushels and the futures prices go higher and I can't deliver those bushels. Number one, have a comfort level, how RP works. Number two, work with your merchandise. When you use delivery bushels, forward cash and or hedge to arrive, that merchandiser thinks you're delivering bushels to them. They need to know as soon as possible. If you're not gonna be able to deliver the bushels, and the reality is, is that growers has a contract, can't deliver those bushels, but it's when the price goes up that the merchandiser is likely going to have to have some sort of compensation because they made margin calls as the futures prices were going up. But Marshall, it's kind of interesting when the prices go down, that, mer that, that merchandiser says, ah, nah, that's all right. You know, we're okay. We don't need those bushels. Well, they made money on the future. <laughs> so it's typically only a year like 2012 where we would have lower yield and higher prices, but that's when RP with that harvest price kicks in. So again, I'm working with a lot of growers this year. They already have 30, 40, 50. If you have 60% of the new crop corn and soybeans already priced, delivery bushels, forward cash, and or hedge to arrive contracts. Yeah, I appreciate that, Steve. And that's a scenario that producers are, are worried about. Like you mentioned, there's usually the no harm, no foul when the price goes lower. The elevator isn't worried about gathering those bushels. But the scenario they're worried about is when price goes higher and there's a shortfall and their crop could be from drought, hail, 
a number of parallels could make that situation where they can't deliver as many bushels as they contracted. And so that's what they want the protection for and appreciate that explanation. Uh, another advice that we give uh, customers of ours that we work with that are in those situations um, in October when they're figuring that fall harvest price, that's the time frame that they need to be working with their elevator or who they sold the grain to and making sure they're settling up and making sure they're paying, you know, offsetting the difference to shortfall um, with the elevator. Because if they wait past October and they don't do that till November, December, then they have some market risk again, right, Steve? Could you just walk through that? That's which is it's really important to settle up when those prices are getting settled for your insurance policy. Absolutely, this just happened last fall. That was Marty Merchandiser, my example when I do my uh, growing on types of meetings. Uh, Marty didn't have bushels to deliver, and so he'd work with his merchandiser early on. And as soon as they knew that he was short of bushels, then he wrote a check to the ethanol plant. And that check was for 28 cents a bushel. It was the difference between when he initiated that hedge to arrive contract and when he settled on that hedge to arrive contract in September. So the fact was is that Marty came out of this in good shape because he didn't have the bushels. He wrote a check for the difference and then he was out of that contract. I talked to other growers that never got out of that contract. Mm -hmm. And so when the futures prices rallied in October and November and December, they ended up writing checks for 40 and 50 cents a bushel. So I think that insured producer needs to make sure they understand they still have a contract an obligation of those delivery bushels, but they don't have to necessarily wait till October or November when they're settling up on crop insurance. It's just the fact that it's the month of October when that harvest price is determined and that potential indemnity loss is incurred. So again, communicating with the merchandiser and also working with your crop insurance agent because they're waiting for that production evidence before they can finalize and determine whether there is a loss and a likely indemnity payment. Yep. Thanks, Steve. It's very important to communicate with everybody on the farm management team and make sure that you get that taken care of in the fall. So talk to your merchandiser, stay in touch with your crop insurance agent, and you'll be in good shape. Uh, Steve, you'd mentioned another um, or, you know, uh, term that you'd use was non-delivery bushels. Could you talk a little bit about what non-delivery bushels are and some strategies around those? Yeah, I think it's really important for you to understand crop insurance, revenue protection, and associate those with delivery bushels but it doesn't mean you have to commit bushels to delivery because there are other tools. And when I say non-delivery bushels, I, I'm primarily talking about marketing tools like futures hedges or perhaps buying put options. Those are legitimate tools. You'll need a commodity broker that you're working with. And so there's some advantages of using non-delivery tools, like we described, hedges and buying put options, I think the good marketers use both. They use a combination of delivery bushels and leverage revenue protection. And then typically, once they feel very comfortable that the highs are in, then they're hedging and they're potentially buying those put options but in general, I see most producers like to commit the delivery bushels early 
and then perhaps not be as aggressive in hedges and put options, there are some advantages of waiting and being comfortable knowing that the highs are in when you're looking at non-delivery bushels. So likely delivery bushels, meet your cash flow needs, um, making sure you uh, don't leave lots of unpriced bushels in commercial storage. Separate delivery from non-delivery. Separate delivery as primarily forward cash and hedge to arrive contracts and non-delivery is primarily hedges as well as buying put options. Steve, I was wondering on those, which bushels would you market first? Would you market the delivery or the non-delivery? Which bushels would you market first in your plan? Yeah, that's an individual preference. My experience over the last 20 years is I think the better producer marketers are committing their delivery bushels first. And the reason is they're justified. They need the cash in the fall and winter. They know they don't have enough on-farm storage. Um, they, they've got logistical problems where they can't manage that many acres and that many bushels in, in a September, October, November timeframe. But I believe there are, are a couple advantages of waiting on hedges and buying put options. Number one, if you wait and the highs in, then likely if you hedge and sell futures through your commodity broker, you're not subject to margin calls. It's a psychological thing where a farmer gets a margin call, they feel like they made a mistake and they just stop. They just don't sell anything at all. So I like waiting on hedges and the same way with buying put options. If I can wait on buying put options, get into the spring and early summer months, then there's less time value and there's less premium. And so timing's still very important in a pre-harvest marketing plan, but I'm in the camp that says probably managing delivery bushels first and then waiting where you've got a very good comfort level that the futures highs are in and there's less time value for those put options. So delivery first and likely non-delivery second. One thing I was thinking about is, is through the conversation you mentioned, um, put options, hedge to arrives, you know, different marketing strategies. I was wondering, is there a place where a producer might be able to go learn more about those marketing tools you've been visiting about? Yeah, great question. Sometimes we throw those uh, marketing uh, tools around and people don't always uh, utilize them so they don't understand them. Um, we've written a marketing tools workbook at Iowa State. It's free. It's available on the uh, ISU Ag Decision Maker. All you need to do is uh, search on the internet, Iowa Commodity Challenge. And, and there you'll find that 60-page uh, workbook. You'll also find uh, a free webinars, uh, recordings. And then every week we track basis. So I think there's a lot of, of helpful types of information out there on the internet. So simply search Iowa Commodity Challenge. Really enjoyed the conversation with you today, Steve. I mean, it's just uh, very important that there's two key concepts on the delivery of bushels. There's a delivered and there's a non-delivered. Make sure you separate those, have a strategy for both and work those in conjunction with each other. And then the other key takeaway from today is, is how important the revenue policy that you've put in place and using that in your marketing strategy, especially your pre-harvest marketing strategy, you can make those decisions well in advance of when you buy your insurance policy if you know that you're gonna buy crop insurance from one year to the other. So always keep that in mind, keep that communication level up with your insurance agent, your grain marketing merchandiser, 
and uh, all those things work together very well. Thanks, Steve, for your time. I hope this podcast was beneficial for all the listeners. Steve, thanks for joining us today. To our listeners, thank you for joining as well.